Welcome once again to Lato's Law. Here's Steve Lato. Several people sent me this story, and I had an identical case in my office not too long ago, so I'll talk to you about that in a second. But from WESH, our minds were blown. Florida couple says dealership sold him a stolen truck from Colorado. Marley Martinez wrote the story, and of course, if you buy the stolen truck, you don't get to keep it. It ain't yours. So imagine buying your dream vehicle only to find out it was actually stolen. This is what the uh, family in Flagler County is dealing with, and they say they're still on the hook for the payment. Now, that gets straightened out by the end of the story, but for a little while there, they thought there was no relief here. The man and his family were searching for a new pickup truck for months. I just wanted a fully loaded F-350, he said. After a long time of looking, the husband and father of two found it. He was so excited, his wife said. He took a picture like, thumbs up. He finally gotten what he wanted. In May, they bought the Ford F-350 from a dealer in Fruitland Park. But a month later, they made the shocking discovery. It was stolen, and our minds were blown, the wife says. In June, they brought the truck in for an oil change to a different dealership closer to home. That's when the mechanics found discrepancies. Uh, the wife says it came up stolen immediately. Big red bright letters. Stolen. Right on the screen in red letters. Now, several red flags caught their eye first. Technicians ran the truck's VIN in their system, and it came back as not being a correct Ford manufacturer number. That's according to a report from the county sheriff's office. Then they tapped into the truck's software and found that the VIN stored in the software didn't match the physical VINs on the vehicle. The vehicle identification number will exist in several places on the vehicle. Most people are very aware of the one that's at the base of the A-pillar that you can see by looking through the windshield right in front of the driver on the dashboard. Quite often, it's also on a sticker inside the door jam, and it can be stamped or located elsewhere on the vehicle. Modern vehicles have it in a bunch of different places. So if there's a mismatch between the one in the computer and the one on the truck, you got issues, okay? So the VIN tag that's on the door... We were able to peel it off like it was just coming right off, the husband said. So the Haynes, that's the couple, called the sheriff's office that same day, and they have a cell phone video of law enforcement impounding their truck. The department confirmed the family's fears. A sheriff's office report shows they discovered the truck was stolen from a dealership in Colorado. They found that the truck was not even the type of truck the Haynes thought they bought. The Haynes signed a contract for a 2019 Ford F-350. But investigators found the truck was actually a 2017 Ford F-350. And that is extremely important. We'll get to that in a second. So the uh, wife says, when you go to a big dealership and you trust them and you feel like, oh, I got a nice new car, and they come out to find out all these things, and you didn't see it, we didn't see any of it. <clears throat> Over three months after buying the truck, the couple said the dealership was not helping them and they're still on the hook for the loan. For tens of thousands of dollars, plus their down payment and modifications they'd made to the truck. This is hard, says the husband. It's unbelievable something like that could happen, and nobody does nothing about it. So the Haynes filed a lawsuit against the dealership and the bank, arguing there was a breach of contract. The complaint lists red flags like VIN tags that were glaringly obvious forgeries, a radio system that didn't match the truck model, and a car fax suspiciously devoid of key information. The wife says, I want my money back. I want other people to know this could happen to them too. Experts say a situation is known as VIN cloning, and it could happen to anyone. VIN cloning is just copying information of another car into a stolen car. 
says the vice president of operations at the Better Business Bureau of Central Florida. She explained that VIN cloning is a method of concealing a vehicle's true identity. Her advice to car buyers is do your homework. The VIN tag should not look like it was tampered with. It should not look like it had been lifted. That's a huge sign. She also said before buying a vehicle, people should look up the VIN on state and other reputable databases. The dealership declined to do an interview, but in an email, they said their attorney had reached a resolution with the couple here. And by the way, apparently, if you'd run this VIN through any of those services, it should have come back as an improper VIN. So that's problem number one. Now, a TV station reached out to the dealership, and uh, the couple says the dealership did contact them later that same day, a few hours after the inquiry from the TV station. And they are working out a settlement. The full email response from the dealership to WESH reads, Hello, our attorney has been in contact with the Haynes. They came to a resolution with the issue. We are now waiting for the insurance company to get settled. We have reached back out to our insurance company again, trying to expedite this for them so they can get back whole and get past all of this. After a bumpy four months, the Haynes are hoping for a smooth road ahead since they're out of truck and money. I'm very sad and I just want this all to be over for our family, says the wife. On Monday, the Haynes said they have agreed on a settlement with the dealership. WESH2 also reached out to the family's bank who have not replied. So number one, this is another situation where the media got involved and suddenly, boom, you've got a settlement. What are the odds? But second of all, what's going on here is such a simple matter for an attorney. But for some odd reason, so many people, including people who work at dealerships, act like there's nothing going on. So what you need to know is a couple things. I had an identical case where someone that I had represented came to me and said, Steve, bought this vehicle from this big dealership in town, had it in my driveway. A couple days later, I see Michigan State cops in my front yard. One of them's underneath my truck. He climbs out and goes, uh, this vehicle's stolen, uh, cloned VIN. Uh, we're taking it. And he took it. He contacts the dealer and they go, oh, it sounds like a personal problem. Go away. And uh, as I explained to my client, and as we, of course, wound up proving later, and as these people showed, uh, if somebody sells you something that is stolen, it's a breach of warranty. And I don't know why. I've had to explain this to people. But I've actually had attorneys, and I've also had people who work at car dealers go, Steve, we sold that car with no warranties expressed or implied. It says right there on the documents. No warranties expressed or implied. How can you sell a vehicle with no warranties expressed if you've expressed warranties? And you might say, Steve, what warranty did they express? Well, the first warranty they expressed was that they owned the vehicle. There's a thing called a warranty of title. If I sell you something... I warrant that I've got the right to sell it to you. And that is absolutely true of a car dealer. So if a car dealer, which is by definition a dealer with respect to goods of the kind being cars or trucks, when they put something on their lot and say, we're selling this, and you go, I want to buy that. They go, we want to sell it to you. And they sell it to you. They don't need to even say, we have good title to it. That is absolutely true by operation of law. Obviously, they can't sell it to you if they don't have title to it. So when they sell it to you, whether they use the words or not, they are warranting good title. It's called the warranty of title. I'm not making this stuff up. So number one is a breach of the warranty of title. This, this game is over. But if you want to 
say, Steve, can we pile on here? I like it when you pile on and point out all kinds of stuff. Oh, there's more. Because they also warranted that it was a 2019 Ford F-350. When in fact, it was a 2017 Ford F-350. That is also a warranty. Any statement of fact which goes to the basis of the bargain becomes a warranty by law under the Uniform Commercial Code. So if I tell you it is a 2019 Ford and it's actually a 2017 Ford, that is a breach of warranty. Now, somebody's going to say, Steve, what if it was the other way around? What if they warranted it as a 2017 and it actually was a 2019? Well, that might be a breach of warranty also, but there might not be damages. But the point is, there are damages when a vehicle is two years older than you thought it was. Okay? So you have an immediate breach of warranty on the title, and you've got a breach of warranty on the description of the goods. And yes, most states require a purchase agreement. Purchase agreement describes what's being sold at a car dealership, and the dealership's got to keep all that information in their police book. We've talked about this. And so when they have the information in all these different places saying this is a 2019 Ford and they sell it to somebody and it turns out to be 2017, breach of warranty. Now, someone's going to say, Steve, but they disclaimed that. They said there's no warranties, express or implied. And I'm assuming they did. Doesn't matter. You cannot make an express warranty and then disclaim it. You can disclaim implied warranties. And I know people say, but Steve, I've seen that a million times. It's, it's everywhere. Yeah, you've also seen the sign in the back of a truck that says, rocks falling out of a truck, smashing your windshield, not our fault. Do you believe that sign? You've seen it a million times. <laughs> not, responsible for, not responsible for damage to your vehicle. Not responsible for stuff lost here. It doesn't cost anything for them to print that on their documents. No warranties express or implied. <laughs> no warranties express? And don't make them. So... When they say it's a 2019 Ford, it's actually 2017 Ford, that's a breach of warranty right there. Okay, absolutely. And also, believe it or not, the VIN. They put a vehicle identification number on the document and said, this is the VIN of what we're selling you. That was the incorrect VIN. Another breach of warranty. Those are breached warranties. They're not the typical warranties because most people think of the warranty as the one that's you know 336 bumper to bumper or some such. That's a glove box warranty. I'm talking about the express warranties under the Uniform Commercial Code, okay? So if somebody says to you, I'm going to sell you a vehicle that is a 2019 Ford with this VIN. Vehicle is stolen. It's a 2017 with a different VIN. Those are three breached warranties. And it doesn't matter if they say they've disclaimed all warranties expressed or implied because you can't disclaim those. And for those who still want to fight me on this, you can look it up in the UCC. It says specifically that you are allowed to disclaim implied warranties if you do it right. Nowhere does it say you can disclaim an express warranty because that wouldn't make any sense. I give you a warranty and I take it away. Why'd you give it to me? I took it away. You can't do that. That, that doesn't make any sense. It, it literally makes no sense. So the funny thing is in the case that I had, my client calls me and says, Steve, weirdest thing. State police just took away my vehicle. What do I do now? I said, well, bring all your documents in. Let me take a look at them. He had signed an arbitration agreement. He had actually agreed to arbitrate any claims he had against the dealership. So I contacted the dealership and I said, hey, we got a claim here. Uh, do you want to resolve it or do we have to litigate this? And they said, well, uh, we have to litigate this. I said, great. And they said, but you have to arbitrate it. I said, fine, let's arbitrate it. Went in front of an arbitrator and I'm 
I have to just tell you a story, but you have to take my word for this because arbitrations aren't transcribed. There was no transcription of this. But we both turned in briefs to the arbitrator, and then we went and appeared in front of the arbitrator. And the arbitrator uh, has a brief in front of me saying, breach warranties, and the other brief that gets sent to him says, disclaimed warranties, and we didn't know it was stolen. And by the way, that's another thing that people get hung up on. They go, how can it be a breached warranty if the seller didn't know it was stolen? Nowhere in the UCC does it say that a warranty can only be breached knowingly. So if I tell you it's a 2019 Ford and it's a 2017 Ford, that is a breached warranty all day long. It does not matter what the seller believed. Their belief was false. Whose fault is that? And the UCC puts the onus on the person making the warranty to... If you're going to make a warranty, make sure you're correct. And if you're not correct, that's on you. We get in front of the arbitrator, and I start to present my case, and the arbitrator does one of these and just looks at the other guy and goes, are you serious? You think it's right that your guys sold him a stolen vehicle? The police come and take the vehicle. By the way, my guy paid cash for it, so there's no bank involved. And you want him to now just eat that? The guy goes, well, we disclaimed the express warranties. Arbitrator goes, you can't do that. And... It was over. I mean, and we won. So, um, interestingly, this is one of the rare examples where an arbitrator gave me more than I asked for, uh, which I'm not going to get into now because there's a whole convoluted argument there as well. But suffice to say that we won, and there you go. But we won on those theories, and that was a breach warranty regarding the title and a breach warranty regarding the VIN. Now, we didn't have the issue with the year and make and model and all that here, but... That's something to think about. The other thing I'd like to point out is some people say, Steve, why was the bank sued? Why would you sue the bank? And I'm going to tell you this simply because some people will ask that in most states and in federal law, oftentimes, depending on how you're approaching this, there's a rule called the holder rule, H-O-L-D-E-R. One who holds something is a holder. And when you go into a dealership and you buy something, quite often the dealership extends financing to you and then assigns the paper to a bank. That's how it often works. A lot of people think, well, no, I got a loan from the bank and I bought a car. Unless you went to the bank yourself and got the loan and then brought the loan in, most of the time you go into a dealership who says, we can get you financing. And so they actually do the financing and then they assign that to somebody else. And so the holder rule says that if that happens, that is the seller arranges the financing on your behalf, that the bank stands in the shoes of the seller for purposes of liability because otherwise... The dealership sells you a bad car, they assign the paper to somebody else, and when you go to file the lawsuit, your money's going over here on a bad deal. So quite often you sue them both, and they know it's cost of doing business. Uh, the vast majority of my Lemon Law lawsuits, for the longest time, I named the financing arms because you kind of had to, but also because the Lemon Law says that if you get them to swap the collateral or to buy the vehicle back... The bank has got to cooperate. And if you make them a party to the action, they're more likely to cooperate promptly. That's another thing altogether, but that's what we did. So that's why the bank is involved here, because the bank is the one that was doing the financing on this and, and told these people, apparently, you got to keep paying. We don't care what happened to it. Oh, <laughs> we're not going to pay you for a stolen vehicle anymore than we pay you, referring to the seller. So that's what happened. It had a happy ending. But keep in mind that if somebody at a dealership sold you a car 
with a cloned VIN that was stolen, there are at least two warranties being breached there. The warranty of title and the warranty of the VIN. And yes, the VIN is in fact a material factual statement regarding the goods that becomes the basis of the bargain for which you can sue somebody. Breach of warranty all day long. So that's from W-E-S-H. Brad, Scott, Matt, Daniel, Pat, and Stephen with a PH all sent it to me. Thanks a lot, guys. Marley Martinez wrote that. Our minds were blown. Florida couple says dealership sold them a stolen truck from Colorado. Questions or comments? Put them below. Let's talk to you later. Bye-bye. Thank you for watching Lato's Law. Some pursue happiness. Others create it.